Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better. And dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, and welcome to Dyslexia Devoted, the podcast dedicated to building awareness, understanding, and strategies to help those with dyslexia. I'm your host, Lisa Parnello, dyslexia therapist and founder of Parnello Education Services. Join me as we dive into today's episode of Dyslexia Devoted. Hello again, everyone, or if this is your very first episode, welcome to the show. Do you want to know how to keep kids entertained this summer and include some learning along the way? Welcome to episode 53 of Dyslexia Devoted, and it's all about summer fun learning. I've officially started a two-week break from seeing clients in between the end of the school year and the start of summer session, which means all of you guys are either on summer break or will be very soon. So I thought you might enjoy a chance to find some fun learning adventures to do this summer and keep kids happily entertained. For this week's episode, I created for you a Google Doc of these ideas so that I can keep adding to it as I think of them because I do a lot of entertaining kids. I just had my niece and nephew over here yesterday, which reminded me of one more thing to add to this list that I will be talking about with you today. So if you want to download the whole list of all of these fun summer learning ideas, just go to parnelloeducation.com forward slash summer fun without any spaces in between. So without further ado, let's get into our list of fun activities to do with kids. The first one is baking. There is so much learning that comes across in anything that you bake. Pick whatever you want, whether that be cookies or brownies or gluten-free snickerdoodles or something. I don't know if that's even a thing. I definitely made it up. But here are some of the things that you can learn through baking. Reading, because you have to read the directions. Measurement. There's all sorts of fractions that happen anytime you bake anything. Then you also can add some extra challenge if you need to double a recipe or cut it in half. I know we have recipes in our house that I almost always cut in half because there's only two people that live here right now and I don't actually need to eat 40 cookies. So there's a lot of times I will take our favorite cookie recipe and cut it in half. If my niece and nephew are coming over, then I will go ahead and make the whole batch. So that would be another way to add some extra challenge if the fractions are a little too easy. And one way that you can make it extra tricky is to limit which measuring cups you have. So if you only give them a quarter cup measuring cup, for example, or only a quarter and a half, and then have them figure out how would they get the amount that they need using fractions. There's always great ways to use baking to up the ante and make it more challenging. Another one is if you bake bread, then you can learn the science behind using yeast and the importance of letting dough rise. And there's actually a whole science as to why you bake at a specific temperature because of the way the yeast rises and everything like that. And you can also take it even farther and learn about why you actually have to adjust things when you bake at altitude. 
have a teeny tiny little cabin in the mountains that I had to learn the lesson the hard way. You definitely do not bake the regular way up in the mountains. So that would be a great way to incorporate some extra research and information into your baking as well. Now, this next one was not originally on my list, but having my nieces and nephew come over yesterday reminded me of one thing that I did when they were little, which was we made bow tie pasta because that way I could teach them how to use their little pinchy fingers to make the little bow ties. And if you know anything about little kids, they don't always have the best fine motor coordination that's using like small movements like your fingers and things that you need in order to develop and be able to hold a pencil. So if you can do activities that help build up that fine motor strength, that will really help them as they get further along and need to be able to do handwriting and be able to hold a pencil properly and doing it in fun ways like Legos and pinchy fingers making pasta can be a fun way to incorporate some of those skills that they will need later on. All right, moving on to another category, build something. Have you ever tried to build something out of wood? It requires measurement and coordination and measuring twice and cutting once, you know, so some impulse control in there. And if you're following directions on something, then you need to read the directions. If you are not following directions, like I built a shelving unit because I had a really weird sloped wall that there's no possible way to be able to buy something that fits on that sloped wall. And so I built a little shelf and I didn't realize just how many fractions I would have to do to make it an exact height. Because even if you buy a two by four, it's not actually two inches by four inches. They're actually slightly smaller than that. And so when you're building things, there's an awful lot of fractions involved, especially if you want it to be an exact height by the time that you are done. So that is another fun activity that you can do in the summer. Another option is puzzles. It encourages that big picture thinking, but also working on noticing the details. So they have to identify what are similar patterns, what are similar colors. I've gotten really into wooden puzzles. I found them because of a client, actually. And when I got COVID and was trapped in my bedroom for weeks on end and couldn't go anywhere, I found this one that was really cool. It made it into the shape of a wolf. But if you looked at the individual pieces, the pieces themselves were in the shape of animals as well. And then I was so excited by it and I enjoyed it so much, I actually got another one. So now I have a sea turtle and the little shapes that are made up are not normal puzzle piece shapes. Those ones are in the shapes of fish and octopus and sea stars and a few others. So they're really fun activities that you can do is doing some of those puzzles. And those require a lot of fine motor work as well, like I talked about earlier. So fine motor meaning all of those small little hand movements that make kids more coordinated on doing small tasks. Another activity that always makes kids excited is science experiments. They require reading directions, measuring out materials, being able to learn a bunch of cool science facts. And in the list I made for you guys, there is a kit that you can buy that has a bunch of things that you can do to make different experiments. And then also one thing that the school I used to work at used when our science teacher was out on maternity leave and we couldn't find another science teacher, so all of us got to teach science classes, was something called Generation Genius. And they now have home kits too. They're not the cheapest in the world, but they are so easy to do. Everything you would possibly need is included and they have all of the learning that goes with it. And they also have little videos that coordinate with the activities that you do, which are amazing. And so they're not the cheapest. I think they're like $30 a box or something like that. And they have them where you can get a subscription of like three months worth. So that would entertain you all summer long. 
And those ones are super amazing. They are made by a guy who seems like an actor, but he's actually a real scientist. So that's why the educational part is even more educational than a lot of those kinds of kits really usually are. Science experiments are always a big hit with kids over the summer. They require coordination and they take a lot of time and they can cut them out and they can color them and they can hypothesize what they think is going to happen and they can try to modify their experiment to make things turn out differently. There's so many different experiments you could do. You can build bridges out of popsicle sticks. You could try to build a tower out of cards and see how high you can get it to go and what shapes make the towers stronger. And there's a lot of different ways that you can do science experiments in order to entertain kids and have them learning while they do it. Now, another option is to do some math games. A couple things that you could do is playing with cards. So if you have a deck of cards, you can play the game War. Um, I don't know if all of you guys have played it. It was a staple in the house that I grew up in. Not my own house, but the babysitter's house that had eight kids. There was a lot of us. And so we didn't always have big toys, but we had things that would entertain us for hours and hours. Decks of cards you can do so many things with. And we played the game of War. So if you put one card down and the other person puts a card down, and if I have a nine and they have an eight, I win. That's just basic simple war. And then if you end up having the same card, then there's a whole other activity that goes into it. You can Google the directions. I'm perfectly sure that you can Google things. But the way to change it up to make it more math oriented is that you turn that into a math problem. So instead of whoever has the bigger card wins, you just multiply the numbers or you add the numbers or you take the bigger number and subtract the smaller number and whoever can answer correctly the quickest gets to keep the pile of cards. These are some of the things that you could do is just modify card games that you already do and then change them into something a little bit more educational by adding or subtracting or multiplying. Or there's another game that I found, which is called Prime Climb, and that is a board game that you can totally adapt. I've changed the rules on that game more times than I can count just to make it match the kinds of kids I'm working with. And some kids can only add, some kids are working on subtraction, some kids I want them to learn how to multiply. So I've kind of fussed with the rules a little bit depending on what skill I wanted them to be able to achieve. And that's a fun one that is highly adaptable to play with all different age groups of kids. Another skill is to learn cursive. So many kids get excited to learn cursive. And I know what some of you are thinking, cursive is dead, you'll never need it. But there are some people who only write in cursive, my mother, for example. If I didn't know how to read cursive, I would never be able to read a single note she ever left me. The other thing is, if a child has dyslexia and is constantly reversing the letters of B and D, a lot of times learning cursive helps them because you actually form the letter completely differently depending on which one you are writing. So if you're going to form a B, then you would always start with that little L loop. Compared to if you were going to start a D, you would always start with that little C loop and then turn it into a D. And I've actually taught kids that same kind of strategy in printing as well. And it really helps prevent a lot of those reversals if you teach them to form the letter completely differently. Do not always start with a stick. And that will change which one they're doing so they know every time I make a D, I start with a C and it becomes a D. Versus, yeah, I always start with a stick. Now, which way does the ball go? I don't remember. So if you can teach them to start differently, that's another way to work on it. Teaching kids cursive, the kids are usually so excited. They all the time will come into my office and say, look, I can write my name in cursive. It is never actually cursive. It's a bunch of garbly cook that they think is cursive. But 
the kids are really excited when they really learn cursive. And I've actually done it a whole lot this year because so many kids who were kindergartners and first graders when the schools were closed for COVID have horrific handwriting. Horrific. The worst I've ever seen in my entire career because nobody ever showed them how to do their handwriting properly. So that would be a great activity that you could do over the summer is practicing handwriting. And it doesn't have to be complete torture. You can turn it into something fun like writing pen pal letters to a friend. Everyone loves to get actual physical mail in the mail you know, kids especially. So if you can find someone they can be a pen pal with, that'd be a fantastic reason to be able to do some handwriting practice this summer. Another choice is to join your local library's summer reading program. They often have a lot of fun prizes for completing their summer challenge. I remember you could get tickets to things or you could win prizes when I was a kid and they have all sorts of different things that you can usually win at your local library if they complete their summer challenge of reading a certain number of books. Then another super fun thing that kids can do is Lego challenges. Create a challenge for the child to solve using Lego blocks and materials they already have. For example, build a bridge between the kitchen counter and the table that is strong enough to hold a toy car and make it go across. So create challenges that make them use their critical thinking skills in order to build something that solves the problem. And it doesn't have to be a life-size real bridge. You know, something small is perfect. So give them some challenges that force them to use some critical thinking and some fine motor skills, and they will have a blast doing it. Just be okay with a little bit of mess. Just know that sometimes learning is messy, and that's totally okay. All right, friends, that is it for my list for now, but there's a chance I might add to that Google Doc later on, so make sure that you download that at parnelloeducation.com forward slash summer fun, because I'm off to go have some summer fun. So I'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you want to learn even more about dyslexia, check out parnelloeducation.com forward slash courses. See you next time.